Shot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. And with us this month, Chris Stevens, the group production director from GMG. Hi, Chris. Hello there. And Steve Taylor is the creative commercial director from Bauer. Hiya. And just remind us which stations you've got in your stable at Bauer. So Bauer in London, East Kiss and Magic, and also the big city network of stations uh, around the around the country. Stations like Key 103 in Manchester, Clyde in Glasgow, Forth in Edinburgh, Metro in Newcastle, Hallam in Sheffield, etc. Then Kerrang in Birmingham, but also broadcasting nationwide, and a portfolio of digital stations as well, like the Hits, Smash Hits, and Heat Radio and Q Radio. Our three radio brands are Real Radio, Smooth Radio and Rock Radio. Uh, Real is a network of five regional stations. Um, uh, Smooth has just gone uh, national on, uh, on D1, uh, but also has uh, six areas with FM licenses, most of which are regional. And Rock Radio, uh, our, our smaller brand, but the, uh, the more exciting one quite often on air, is um, in Manchester and Glasgow and spreading rapidly on DAB. Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. Um, Steve, for people perhaps who don't work in UK commercial radio, perhaps work in public radio or overseas and are not familiar with, with S&P as a concept, just tell us a little bit about the history of it and how it's grown up in UK radio. Well, I suppose S&P started off as sponsoring promotions. A more generic term these days is branded content, and that shows the way that it has grown, obviously incorporating online, incorporating everything through to events, localised street team activity, podcasts, vodcasts, scrolling text, ad-funded programming, cross-media integration, the list goes on. S&P revenue has gradually been you know, on the increase as clients are wanting more cut-through and more involvement in editorial. And where do you see it moving next? Well, I suppose one thing we've probably got to touch on later on in the podcast is the potential relaxation of the broadcast code later on this year, and I think that will open up a whole new area of opportunities. That's just a pre-promotion for what we've got coming up later on, isn't it, really? <laughs> well, we're promotions people. We have to tease ahead. Let's turn to you, Chris, and hear some of the audio. What's the first item you've brought along? Uh, the first item is uh, a promo from Real Radio from about eight years ago um, when we were a smaller group but uh, still with aspirations to do as much on air that's exciting as possible. It's a promo for a competition that we've run fairly regularly called Risk It for a Biscuit. The thing I was thinking, I can't believe it's me. £350. And I thought £1,000 would be now. Nice. £1,000 pounds. Got to £1,500 £1,500 oh, I got a bit of a panic on then I thought, no, I'll take the money Then my husband rung on the mobile and he said, go with the envelope So I swapped back straight away and then the gong went, of course And I thought, oh no, have I done the right thing? Is it a ginger nut? It's not the biscuit <laughs> I've never met another ginger nut ever Have you ever been to New York? Yes, you've won breakfast at Tiffany's <laughs> We had a holiday of a lifetime, all thanks to Real Radio. Congratulations, Lisa. Biscuit for a biscuit, back Monday. I like using real people in in promos whenever I can. I um, I think as far as when we're on the air, um, the order of believability starts with real people, with listeners at the top, then it's our presenters, then it's voiceovers, mm-hmm. and uh, so on down from there. And I think um, it, there's, there's great opportunities to, t- to tell stories. And, um, you know, we normally think of telling stories on the radio being more serious um, content and activity. Um, 
you know, that's that's a lady from Doncaster talking about the time she was on the radio and uh, and won a great prize, and that. Um, I feel allows other listeners to think actually I, I could be that person I could win and that's that can cut through better than a voiceover saying all next week you can win this that and the other I, I, you don't always need the all singing all dancing production to get a message across but that's eight years old would you have done it in exactly the same way for today's real radio um, I, I think the um, the primary elements are still the same uh, you know listeners are still uh, the most believable people on our radio station. Um, yeah, there's a, a, some technical things I'd change and the, the voiceover has changed. Um, but it's still about the human mind and what listeners choose to do, at what point you take the money, you don't take the money. What I notice about that promo is you manage to retain the sense of drama and jeopardy that comes from the competition into the promo. Yeah, and that's mainly because we had great material to work with. You know, she, she, she spoke clearly, she spoke well. Um, you know, it also helped that she had the regional accent for where the station is. So that really ties in uh, with, with one of the, the, the core elements of what Real Radio tries to do. Just because it's eight years later doesn't mean it, it necessarily needs that different uh, an approach. And you've come back from five years in the States working as creative director at TM Studios. That's a jingles company. And, and one of the first jobs you have to do back at, uh, back at the UK is relaunch Smooth Radio as a national station and commission a new jingle package. You didn't give the commission to TM Studios? Well, no, we didn't. And um, however you choose jingles for radio stations, uh, you will always make the wrong choice, according to quite a few people. Um, because it's, jingles are art, there's passion and emotion attached. Smooth Radio needed a, a, a very particular kind of sound, and to be completely honest, we weren't quite sure what that sound was when we went into the pitching process. We invited 12 different jingle companies to uh, put a montage together. From that we then got down to four who made some custom material for us and uh, and it so happened that at that particular time, uh, the jingles created by Wise Buddha were the ones that we felt were, were best for the new national station. Um, but it's interesting um, that if you think back 15 years the number of jingle companies you could go to you could count on one hand. You had maybe two in the States um, and, and, you know, Alpha Sound and, and maybe David Arnold or, or, or Thompson or LBS or someone. Now there are so many people, so many companies, so many places and such an incredible range of sounds. I'm confident that of those 12 companies, you could, you, you could have taken eight or nine of them and we could have worked with them and created an excellent jingle package. So... The, the, the choice out there is incredible. It really is. a It's a great time to be buying jingles rather than selling them. And what's the top line of your brief that you gave to Wise Buddha for these cuts that we're going to hear now? Uh, well, the, the, the same brief we gave to everyone, which is that uh, Smooth Radio uh, you know, may play a wide range of music, some of which is, is older than a lot of stations play, but we're not an old radio station. Uh, you look at the lifestyle of the you know, 35 to 54-year-olds, um, they don't consider themselves to be old people. Um, I am about to enter that demographic myself, which... Uh, I always thought you were 20, Well, ever since I've known you. <laughs> thank you, and that's why I still give out that, uh, that picture that was taken 10 years ago. But, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about lifestyle, and uh, we wanted jingles that were classy, they, they um, matched the music, they sounded strong and confident, um, but also, you know, fit with the flow of the radio station, and, um, you know, we, we, we like what we have.
radio weather. For a full five-day forecast, see smoothradio.co.uk. It's another one of those grey, overcast mornings. Occasional light rain or drizzle in some places. Remaining cloudy this afternoon, although any showers should ease away. The high today, looking good, actually, 12 degrees. On FM, online and across the UK on DAB, this is Smooth Radio. It's 10 o'clock, I'm Christian Spooner. So new jingles from Wise Buddha for Smooth Radio and you've been writing and producing new jingles yourself for the last few years. Yes, absolutely. Um, I really enjoy um, writing music and uh, uh, one of the bits of audio I've brought along is, um, is our, our TFM package at TM mainly because it was the first full, proper, legitimate jingle package that I co-wrote and selfishly I'm quite proud of that and every time I hear it on the air uh, like at TFM You or, think of the PRS return well, no, no, no. I, I tell you, I, I wish they ran the bed under the news, that would make me a lot yeah. happier but, uh, um, but no, it's, it's um, you know, even now I still get a real big buzz hearing stuff I've made on the radio And which bit did you write? Um, I wrote the rough tracks, uh, the instrumentation, the melodies, and then sent it to um, a co-composer, uh, the very talented Dave Bethel, um, who then made them sound shiny and proper. Uh, and, of course, the TM team uh, were involved with mixing and vocal sessions and so on, uh, so it was very much a team effort, but uh, <laughs> I like them. <laughs> yeah. And what did you learn working out at uh, TM that you can now bring back to your work in the UK at uh, GMG? That there's a lot of other ways of doing things. Um, we all get very used to the UK way of radio and, you know, uh, due to regulations and history and so on. And, um, you know, going over there, I, I discovered there's many ways to create great radio. Um, and, and, that, uh, and, and in a way, you know, the American scene is very much based on their history. Um, but it opened my eyes to, to other ways of doing things. And I've also come back with a love of country music. Oh dear. Are we going to hear some of that in the Smooth playlist? Uh, well, we played Lady Antebellum and Taylor Swift, so um, <laughs> I, uh, I endorse their choices there. So Chris, we've got one other piece of audio, and this is from a time when you were working for Bauer. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've always had my own company, DivaWeb, um, and while I was away in the States, one of the ways I kept in with the UK scene was to do um, quite a lot of um, freelance production for stations, including, at one point, um, Bauer's uh, Metro Radio and TFM Radio, uh, both of which are you know, large heritage stations, and really enjoyed working with them, and only, only stopped because I joined GMG, and there's obvious conflicts of interest there um and um and whilst working at metro one pd left another pd joined and this is one of the pieces i made for the new pd which was a pre-promotion piece for a uh, uh, mystery voices competition five thousand pounds play metro radio's five thousand pound mystery voices and the free cash could be yours <laughs> 
Listen to Tony Horn in the morning next week at 7.40 for your first chance to play. Metro Radio's 5,000-pound mystery voices start next week on the station for winners. You can tell just from listening to that that it's been written and produced by somebody who knows music. Yeah, that's actually what I like about this promo. And it's, you know, I very much based it around the music. Uh, Kesha, TikTok, the instrumental version of that. Um, Sean Caldwell's voice in places is auto-tuned into the same key as the music. Um, There's a couple of places where uh, it slows down in the same way that Kesha's vocals do on the song. Uh, In the middle, when it breaks down, I've played in the Metro Radio Sonic logo uh, in the same key and in the tempo. And the script is written to, to the beat? Um, kind of, yes. Um, I, I like working with rhythm. Rhythm is really important um, with a station with rhythm, like, uh, like Metro and most Hot ACs and CHRs. There's only about probably 20 seconds worth of, of speech in there, um, leaving 10 seconds for the sponsor tag. <laughs> um, no, but that meant that there's lots of opportunities to put the, um, you know, d- delaying words, uh, lots of bits of previous winners in there as well. Um, and then also um, cutting in the vocals at the end, again, finding the vocals in the right key and so on of, the, of, the, of a Metro Radio jingle. Um, but it just kind of flowed. The Earshot. Earshot. Creative. Creative. Review. Review. Sponsored. Actually sponsored. By Hobsons. Hobsons. So, Steve, let's turn to you and hear some audio that you've brought along. And these are some uh, really good examples of uh, how S&P is working for your clients. What have you learned over the time that you've been developing S&P that really does work for clients now? I suppose one of the things is the earlier you can start talking to a client in the briefing process, the more we can be involved in their creative you know, like execution and the more you can get programming you know, like buy-in. That tends to work you know, like best. And who leads on creative? I mean, are you going to, does the client and the client's agency have uh, generally a firm idea of what they want to do, or are they coming to the production people on the radio station? It can be, it can be completely either side. So you can get briefs where the your exact creative is all laid down and their mechanic is all laid down, and we're just trying to amplify that. But then from the other hand, and one of the first examples I'm going to talk about is where we're in the process in quite an early stage. And um, I say, that's when we can work closely with you know, our programmers and craft a campaign. Okay, so what's the first one you've got as a specific example? Okay, so the first one I've got to talk about is a campaign for Orange. It was all about promoting their This Is Who I Am Because Of Everyone um, strategy, that tagline that has been running for a while just like now. So the objectives were quite, were quite easy in the sense of all we're doing is amplifying that positioning statement. So our insight really came from us looking at brands like Kiss and Heat and seeing where celebrities play a core part in listeners' lives. So from that insight, we then developed a series of one-hour ad-funded programmes. Um, Andy Roberts from KISS played a core part in developing this programming uh, concept. And basically, these one-hour shows were way beyond just an artist takeover. So this was really getting into the skin of celebrities and really what what has made them who they are today. So we'll just think of a couple of examples to so say... Davina McCall, quite hard-hitting, talking about how a life growing up with an alcoholic mother, through to Graham Norton, talking about 
life growing up as a gay man in Ireland. You know, so it really went into the fabric and to, into the personalities of what's made the celebrities who they are today that then went right back into what the brief you know, like was about. So... We, in total, we produced 52 hours worth of shows, um, which ran on KISS, it ran on Heat Radio, ran on Kerrang! and ran on Q Radio as well. Not all celebrities featured on every single station, because obviously some of them were tailored to each different, um, each different station's format, etc. So I suppose it's difficult to compress 52 hours worth of output into about 30 seconds, but we've had a go. This is Who I Am with Orange. Celebrity DNA as Lucy Cave digs deeper to discover what makes them who they are today. I'm Kelly Rowland. And I'm David Gitta. And this is Who I Am with Orange. I'm Moby, and you're listening to This Is Who I Am with Orange. I'm Rona Keating, and this is Who I Am with Orange. I'm Davina McCall, and this is Who I Am with Orange. I'm Graham Norton, and this is Who I Am with Orange. I am Tinchy Strada, and this is Who I Am with Orange. I'm Alex Zane, and you're listening to This Is Who I Am with Orange. Hi, this is Sunita, and you're listening to This Is Who I Am with Orange. This is who I am. With Orange. Would that content have been made if it wasn't for Orange's involvement? Not at all, no. And that's when, it, that's when a brief really comes together well, where you're working with a client, where you're creating content that we wouldn't be broadcasting and wouldn't have actually had the production budgets to, to do. What we did, being honest about with this campaign, is Wise Buddha helped produce all the shows you know, sort of like for us, and the client bringing not just the budget for the media, but also the production budget, allowed us to pull in external resource to create great radio. You want to make a couple of points, Chris? Yeah, one one that uh, has just been mentioned really is that uh, it's it's great when um, when a commercial client actually allows the programming team to do more than they'd be able to do otherwise, and uh, that's uh, that's something that's, that's really to be applauded. And uh, the, you know, the more that we can do in the industry, the better, really. Also, um, with my my promo hat on, if someone said we're going to run a promo for an Orange campaign, we're going to say the word Orange uh, ten times in the promo. We'd all throw our hands up in the air and say that no, we can't do that. But uh, but when you hear it in that context, and you've got people like Kelly Rowland and Graham Norton saying it, it proves that it's it's about the content and its position in the station. I would say that to be honest, that wasn't a trail. That was literally just edited together a flavour of the different celebrities. Um, so. We've got a trail coming up later on, but that wasn't a specific trail. You should start making them if that's the quality of your production. <laughs> okay, what's the second item you've okay, got? Um, we've got to go to KISS now, and it's a campaign for Blackberry. We talked earlier on about getting involved, getting involved, presenters getting involved in campaigns at an early stage, and this is an example. So just to give you a bit of background, about this time last year, we were sat talking to the KISS breakfast team, and we discovered that all of them not only used Blackberries, but were real advocates of a Blackberry brand. So we captured their comments on video and presented it to the agency. And this was a client who'd never used radio, not just in the UK, but a research in motion that owns Blackberry, had never used radio anywhere in the world. So Starcom, the agency, did a great job of selling in radio, which took, which took a while of convincing the client to take a leap of faith and advertise on radio. A lot of it came from a video that showed the passion of the presenters involved in this campaign. Now, one of the objectives is to promote BBM, and for those people 
people who are not on BlackBerry. BBM is instant messaging service, similar similar to text, but it allows you to text multiple people, contact with multiple people at the same time. So what we did is we created a Kiss Breakfast BBM group that became almost like a VIP VIP club. Um, so people on people with Blackberries could join the BBM group, and because the Breakfast presenters are so passionate about the brand, they are constantly in contact with the listeners in the BBM group throughout the day. Literally, Charlie, uh, one of the female hosts on Breakfast, and again, it's difficult to compress a campaign the this scale that has got a breakfast show sponsorship and probably about 20 different promotions throughout the campaign into 30 seconds. But again, we've had a go. Kiss Breakfast and Blackberry Messenger. Yep, Kiss Breakfast is hooked up with Blackberry Messenger. Ha ha, OMG, LOL, K-I-T. And there's chances to win a Blackberry smartphone every week at oldkiss.com. Don't miss a L-M-F-A-L. Only with Kiss Breakfast and Blackberry Messenger. Kiss breakfast. So don't miss out and check out TotalKiss.com now for your chance to win and we might just BBM you. BBM. What's your BBM pin? Get in the group. Get in the nog with Kiss Breakfast on BBM. Come on, Steve, come clean. You didn't make that. <laughs> Not at all. No, in fact, I definitely need to credit the people involved in this campaign. So from a commercial point of view, Fiona Thornton and Andy Procopus and then Andy Roberts um, from Case in Terms of Group PD, um, Liz Cunningham and Hayley, Ta- Hayley Taylor um, from Case Commercial Programming, they've been the spearheads in leading, uh, leading this campaign. What's also fascinating about this and what we've really why we've really enjoyed working with Blackberry is do you remember me saying a while ago that we'd never used radio before we've just recently heard that the client is replicating the Kiss Creative on stations in, the, in North America so the Kiss Creative is now being used uh, over in the States Brilliant. I used to feel a bit dull having a Blackberry but having heard that I now feel like I'm down <laughs> with the kids but things are changing in S&P and Ofcom has been consulting on whether product placement should be allowed on radio. Everyone I talk to seems to think it will. Um, what's your take on that, Steve? So last summer, Ofcom conducted quite an extensive piece of research into listener perceptions of branded content. And as you'd expect, the research found that listeners are more accepting of branded content on commercial radio these days. So that basically allowed Ofcom to then you know, put a consultation out into the marketplace. And to give Ofcom credit, I think we've done a great job of not just involving the radio groups, inviting us all in you know, for meetings, but also working closely with the radio centre as well. So this consultation has got four different options. Option A is do nothing. Option B is do nothing apart from certain restrict certain categories. Option C is keep, it's quite radical in the sense of it keeps one overriding principle of transparency and drops editorial independence and separation for branded content. Option D does, does the same, but not just for branded content, but also for airtime. The general feeling and the main thrust of a radio centre's response was the desired route would be option C. Um, what I've done now, if it's all right for me to just lead into this, is, we thought, we, is we thought we'd just you know, put together quite a basic you know, like example to show how things you know, like could, uh, could change. So, um, overall, I think 
together with the rest of the industry are all quite excited about this. So I've mocked this up for... There's a film out at the moment called Burke and Hare, which is uh, with Simon Pegg. So this is all fictional, but if the client's objectives was to really hammer home Simon Pegg's involvement in the film, at the moment we couldn't actually do that, whereas we could do going forward. So this is how it could sound. New from Kings of Leon, it's Radioactive here on Kerrang Radio. My name's Alex Baker, welcome to the show. It's now time to win. With Burke and Hare, in cinemas Friday 20th of November. Okay, so all this week we at Kerrang Radio have hooked up with the guys behind the new film Burke and Hare to give you guys the chance to win exclusive red carpet tickets to the premiere of the film, including all of your travel and accommodation as well. I was lucky enough to see an advanced screening of the film and it's absolutely hilarious. Starring the legend that is Simon Pegg, it's based on the true story of two men, Burke and Hare, who found that in the early 1800s you could fetch a decent amount of money for supplying a human corpse to the world of medical science. So these chaps took it upon themselves to generate some corpses. Murderous. Simon Pegg plays the role of Burke in the film, so basically as a Simon Pegg uber fan, I'm going to keep these tickets for myself, unless one of you can prove that you deserve them more. Get to kerangradio.co.uk now to register to play for tomorrow, but on the line right now we have Steve Martin and Chris Stevens, who are going to go head-to-head to prove that they are the biggest Simon Pegg fan, and therefore deserve these premiere tickets more than me, so I'm hoping secretly that they won't win. So Steve and Chris, each of you will have one minute to answer correctly as many questions on Simon Pegg as possible. Whoever answers the most correctly will be going to the premiere of Burke and Hare. So let's start with Steve. Steve, how are you feeling? I'm pretty nervous, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, Wouldn't you be? <laughs> I suppose that is actually quite a basic example, but just done that to demonstrate the point that on the assumption the code is relaxed, then we'll be able to embed clients' messages further into the editorial in a way that we've not been able to do before. But look, for people who are outside the UK, who may well be surprised that we can't do this already in this country, just just explain in some detail what specifically we can't do now that we could do in that example. So, um, currently the client uh, cannot influence any of the editorial, so the actual physical competition itself has to remain editorial control with a station, whereas going forward, if you have one overriding principle of transparency without the need for editorial independence and separation, it opens up more opportunities. And you're right, from an overseas point of view, um, we, as Bauer, spent a bit of time looking at other markets and sourcing audio to feed into a radio centre to demonstrate how... This can, this does live in other markets, and no one's died. Basically, I've had some experience of this uh, in my time in the states, uh, where a lot of uh, endorsement and product placement is allowed. Um, and initially, going out there from the uh, the Ofcom controlled UK out to the uh, uncontrolled USA, it was a bit of a shock listening in on air and hearing all this stuff. And it takes a while to get, kind of get used to the concept. But I've been won over by quite a lot of it. What we have to maintain on air is, um, you know, believability and transparency. And for that, you do need a strong understanding of of where the boundaries are. And I think it's actually a lot down to self-policing as well, to make sure that we're on top of this and that we still... um, respect the listeners yeah. and don't just take this as floodgates being opened complete completely agree and i think it'll take a while to be a bed down but ultimately if we're creating rubbish radio 
ultimately the only thing that's going to affect is the audience long long term so I am an advocate of the self-policing you know, like route and but I couldn't agree with you more Chris. The risks are higher aren't they? You, there is a risk that get this wrong and you damage not only the client's brand but also the reputation of your radio station. Yeah absolutely and you know let, let's not beat around the bush these are hard times in radio and uh, you know the last two or three years have, have changed the industry uh, and we're seeing stations close and there's there's always the temptation to hit you know to hit the year's targets or or to to get that advertiser because we think they're going to do more with us in the future or whatever else it might be we've got to balance that commercial aspect with the uh, the longevity of of what we're doing and i think we can do it and it's probably just worthwhile closing this subject just from a timescale point of view um we understand that the offcoming announcement is is going to be before christmas and likely to be around about the 20th uh, of december so, it's so you're selling it, these for january already are you uh, no we're not actually <laughs> yes because i think we just there's no guarantee that this will happen so we need to be we need to be careful but ultimately it's all imminent and a matter of weeks away earshot news now which uh, bbc network attracts more listeners than five live and has been out of london for more than 40 years any idea chris I, I, sorry, I was just reading your script, so I just thought, <laughs> so I'm not going to answer. Oh, which one is it? <laughs> is it BBC Local Radio? I think it might be. It is. BBC Local Radio, um, something like 7 million listeners a week there. And that network held its annual award ceremony a couple of weeks ago. It was the biggest show in town. Uh, they held it in Derby, to be sure of that. <laughs> uh, the, now, the BBC Local Radio stations do some really impressive local journalism. They do investigative reporting and some, you know, what I call proper community-centred activities, the kind of content that, you know, does what radio can do so well, which is to bring people together. And they're also smart enough to recognise the importance of good promotional work with a marketing and promotions category in the award. So let's hear some of the top winners from that. Simon Ferber from BBC Sussex and BBC Surrey collected the silver prize, while Steve Greaves and John Lipscomb took gold. They're from BBC Cumbria, and here's John explaining their campaign for Richard Nankevel's Late Show. We kind of worked backwards. We decided on a trail campaign idea um, and then found a programme that it would fit into. So instead of taking clips out of a programme, we designed a feature for his programme. And it was to highlight all the characters that he, he has in his programme, all these fictional characters. What was the objective of the campaign? Well, it was to highlight the, uh, the nighttime programme and just to show how wacky the presenter was. And that, that, that's what it was about. It was about the presenter and his, his own personal style of presenting <laughs> it was also a nice way of getting the listeners involved you know we we set out this uh, trail campaign that ran as a gold campaign sort of with three different versions of the trail running that gave different clues as to who the suspect was in the trail richard nan kibble and his canine companion joey are at his secret mansion in cumbria with friends from his late night bbc radio cumbria show however foul play is afoot as somebody has taken dickie's chocolate bicky now you've always had a sweet tooth, haven't you, donkey? I've seen you munch on the odd sugar cube from time to time. My chocky bicky would have been right up your street. Sorry, hang on. Mad bagpipers from Lockerbie. Can you knock it off? I'm trying to interrogate a donkey. Who pinched Dickie's bicky? Was it donkey, the mad bagpipist from Lockerbie? Or was it you? Why for you eating my biscuit? The plot thickens weeknights from 10 on BBC Radio Cumbria. 
And people listening to this who perhaps are working in commercial radio stations will be used to promoting breakfast at the expense of just about everything else. So why did you choose a late-night, off-peak show as the focus of this campaign? Um, because we knew that what we wanted to do with that show, we knew we could do with that presenter, because he was completely up for it. Um, we did some sort of wacky things with him, and we knew he'd go along with it. Um, they're, they're not the sort of things we could do with a, a breakfast programme. People who listen at breakfast, people who listen at mid-morning, don't normally get to hear what the presenter at the 10 till 1am slot do at night. Um, and here's a way of keeping everybody with us all day long, you know, and why turn to a different radio station when you're getting this kind of brilliance throughout the day? Well, let me turn to a different radio station and talk to Simon Ferber from BBC Sussex. Do you like the way I just linked that there, Simon? That was very good, and you have to say, it's a really, really, really creative campaign, so well done, guys, at BBC Radio Cumbria. It's Often we, we don't do enough of that in BBC Local Radio. We don't tie in other programmes, especially with the creative products that we've got, and for you to, to put something together like that and entire and theme it right across the day is, is really really good well done well look, look Simon let's, let's not underestimate the power of your campaign because you know a really tight close second in, in the awards tonight and your campaign was the generic campaign for the station image itself yeah I think it's what we would probably class as one of the traditional campaigns for BBC Radio the central thought of our campaign was really about the listeners and about where we lived if, if you love where you live be part of it Sussex has um, tremendous character the people of Sussex have tremendous character and that was at the heart of the campaign so what we wanted to do was to try and involve those people to talk about where they live talk about what they love about where they live and put it on air in, in 40 second promos I'm sure it's pretty unique I and mean, we're standing now alongside of these tall net sheds they're actually called net shops but I mean I'm standing here I'm looking up at the East Deal and you can actually see from the East Steel on a very, very clear day, you can actually see France. You know, I don't know if there's anywhere else like it. I'm on the beach every day of my life. I don't mind whether the weather's nice or bad, to be honest. Even when the gales are blowing, I enjoy coming down. If you love where you live, be part of it with BBC Sussex. I've just come back off of holiday, actually, and I can't... The first, as soon as I'm back, I'm down here, you know. <laughs> it's like a magnet, it draws you. Simon Ferber, John Lipscomb and Steve Greaves from BBC Local Radio. They're all winners and all impressively articulate and lucid after an awards bash, I thought. The Earshot Creative Review. Um, Still on awards, let's talk about the winner of the Best Marketing Campaign at the AIB Media Awards. These are international awards. And this year, the marketing prize went to Sri Lanka's Shri FM. Its winning campaign is a community-centred twist on an old favourite, the We Pay Your Bills mechanic. So, shall we hear how they did it? Yes. (laughs) Okay. here's Shri FM's executive director, Ryan Hunter. See, we always try to reward our listeners for listening to the station. What we asked them to do was listen to Shri FM and uh, also put up a board outside their homes or their shops uh, saying, I listen to Shri FM. Uh, So what what we did was then we identified these places. Uh, Our guys went all over the place. We had five guys on motorbikes every day going all over the place looking out for these boards. So... uh, if we identified a shop with the board, what we did was we went and purchased 5,000 rupees worth of groceries uh, from them. Uh, 5,000 rupees would work out uh, to maybe around $50. $50 is a huge amount for Sri Lanka uh, and a huge amount for a shop. It, it's not a supermarket. It, it's a very small village shop. And these guys wouldn't make uh, one single sale of 5,000 rupees. Um, I, I don't think they've ever done it for 5,000 rupees. Maybe, uh, you know, they make smaller, uh, people make smaller purchases. So we... Uh, purchased the goods from that uh, village shop 
Then we look for people with boards saying they listen to 3FM in the homes. And we reward them with that same uh, pack of groceries uh, for listening to the channel. So it's an incentive for the local store in a community to get listeners tuning to your station. It feels like a very community-rooted campaign. Absolutely. After we rewarded, basically we went out, uh, covered the whole country. Then what, what we did was, okay, we wanted to find out what was the village that listened to Shri FM the most. The village, not just a person, a village. And we rewarded the whole village with a community centre built by the radio station. It had uh, facilities for sports, for meetings, for uh, the local government official. It was a huge uh, thing for that village. And tell me, as the market leader in Sri Lanka, what is the incentive from a business perspective to embark on quite a time-consuming campaign like that? Oh, ratings. We, we increase the lead over our, our, our uh, rivals. Our, so never complacent, even at number one? No, absolutely not. We're always running. We're always doing new things. Uh, as well as, uh, it was sponsored by clients, and we made money off it as well. We're not a community station. We, we are a private station. Uh, we, our, our goal is for profit. So uh, it was sponsored by uh, multinationals like Unilever's, Nestle's, and uh, lots of other local uh, clients. That was Ryan Hunter from Shri FM. Congratulations. Hello. 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 Say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com. It's the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. Steve Taylor is with me from Bauer and Chris Stevens from GMG. Uh, Chris, this is the point in the podcast where we play stuff that's influenced us and uh, you've brought along a bit of archive. Yeah, it's... um it's a source of audio that whenever I'm uh, uh, thinking I, I hear something a bit different, a bit fresh, I will go to. And it's, uh, it's from the States from about 20 years ago. Uh, in Tampa Bay, there was um, a CHR radio war, something which uh, we don't have very often in the UK, but uh, was quite a big thing uh, back then in the, in the States. And um, Q105 had been on air for many, many years. Um, uh, you could argue it was it was fairly complacent about its position in the market, and this new station switched on called the Power Pig. And apart from just playing lots of music and not really talking, their only intention in their marketing was to attack Q105 in every way they could. Um, and uh, this included, for example, they would run on-air sweepstakes as to who was next going to get fired from Q105. They ran this campaign of uh, the hidden microphone in the focus groups at the, at the rival station, and they just went all out. Now, we always say you shouldn't attack the opposition, shouldn't mention blah, blah. Well, they had nothing to lose, and they went for it. And um, their station voice was also the, uh, the legendary and, sadly, the late uh, Brian James, who was also making a lot of the stuff. Um, and it's just great radio. It's the kind of thing we'd all love to do, but rarely get the chance to. Hi, I'm Diane. I listen to The Power Pig. Hi, my name is Clyde, and I listen to The Power Pig. Hi, my name is Dick, and I listen to Q105. Don't be a dick. Lock in The Power Pig. Power 93. It's great to be number two in a market, isn't it? It is. When you've got nothing to lose, you can just do everything. And uh, it's, there was so much audio. And what, was, what I like about it was it's not expensive stuff. It's just 
well written well thought stuff and there's clearly a team of people there who just loved what they were doing Power 93 we're Tim and Tom we got Brian Christopher here ready to do the Power 9.3 second showdown alright BC you think you're about ready I'm ready anything for a job on the cool station guys <laughs> on your mark get set go Q105 still sucks 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 Johnny PP's a that's, that's okay. good. Calm down, BC. Right. <clears throat> okay, count him up. Uh, yes, about 347 times, I believe he said it. Good job, BC. So that's the, a jock who had left the other station doing the uh, the Power Pig Challenge. To, to how many times he can slag off his old employer? It's just it's just great. It's it's the kind of thing that you know you you'd love to be able to do more often, but. Uh, isn't, isn't necessarily well, I, acceptable. I remember being in the States around that time and hearing some of that. I suppose I was also in the States a few weeks ago and it shows that actually, don't want to criticise American radio, but it has got so much more bland as quite often people say. And Kiss and Capital in London, they've never got that dirty between each other in the, in the CHR war here, have they? No, we haven't. I suppose it is, it's just a different way of working, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, so uh, you do travel a lot, Steve. <laughs> and the next piece of audio you brought along is also from overseas, from Australia. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, I worked in radio in Australia for, for six months. And ever after that, I've always found Australian radio inspirational down the stunts point of view. So this is a, this is a stunt that I think started off on B105 in Brisbane. It's called Dearly Deported. And then I understand it's moved around the Australian network and the audio we got to play was from Today FM in Sydney and it was for Home and Away it was called Home or Away which obviously tied into the TV show so that's how we adapted it to fit a sponsor alongside it. I'll probably, if I talk about it in any more detail now, I'll probably give a game away it's probably best explained by listening to the audio. Sally and Dana have a heartfelt story of loss that's lasted 19 years. Separated in a refugee camp in Thailand, Sally ended up in Australia and Dana found a home in the US. They have never, 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 ever, ever, ever met. met. Sally, we are going to fly over your niece, Dana, who's on the phone. That's, that's the good news, right? The twist? There will be three doors. Behind one door will be Dana. Hey. Behind another... Jeff. What was you that? You don't know about this? And behind the last door, Joey, an American backpacker. Hey, what's up? Beaches, page, and beer. Because you get to spend the week, right, with one of the people behind the door. Depends which door you pick. Now, if Dana's not the door you pick, Dana flies straight home. Oh, my oh, God. I couldn't think of anything no. worse. No, it's Jackie O's Home or away Will Sally get to see her long lost niece for the first time Or will she pick the wrong door Find out tomorrow morning on Today FM For Home and Away Celebrating 21 years on 7 I I understand I think um, Today FM got into a bit of PR trouble with that campaign but I suppose at the same point the old adage no publicity is good publicity I just thought it was a really good example of doing something on the edge that gets talkability I think it's horribly cruel but you've got to listen absolutely yeah (laughs) and uh, some of the stations in Australia are known for those kind of promotions they're always doing stuff like that and Carl and Jackie O are 
you know, in that category. Um, interestingly, I uh, was discussing um, some promotions with one of our group stations recently, and not that one. You're not going to do that on smooth, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, no, not not at all. Um, and we decided that some of the promotions we were talking about were actually were too dramatic for what our audience wanted to hear and pushed it too far. And um, it, it's it's quite interesting, you know. You, you can shock and you can surprise, but there's still an element of trust between you and the listener, and you, you can't you can't push it too far. Having said that, uh, Rock Radio um, gave away a um, a fully logoed up coffin a couple of weeks ago, and I've just finished running uh, Death Row Discs, where you choose a song you want to hear when they switch on Old Sparky. So uh, <laughs> you know there are still places to have fun on the radio. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobsons. And uh, finally from me, here's an interesting idea that came our way recently. Now, you know those times when you found a really great music track for an ad or some promos, but what you really need are some custom vocals on it. Well, you could go to you, Chris, and uh, (laughs) get that sorted out. But a new British session singer service will take any music track you want to use and they will score and cast and record your lyrics over it. And it's all done online. So we thought we'd put it to the test to see how good they were. Now, this is a track that you might recognise. It's from uh, Pure Tonic's Radio Bed service, and it's a track we use on the podcast a fair bit, and they've kindly allowed us to use it on this podcast. So I emailed that track to Session Singer Online, and while I laced about drinking cocktails by the poolside, they did all the work. So let's have a listen to what they came up with. Uh, now, Chris, you've done a lot of this kind of work. What do you think to that? Actually, it doesn't sound too bad, to be fair. I thought the vocal production was pretty good. The, vo- the harmonies are tight. The production's good. You can, you know, unlike some stuff I've commissioned in the past, I can hear all the words. Yeah, and it, and it fitted the style of the track, which is, which is very important. They also got the T in Martin, which um, uh, doesn't always happen depending where you go. That's probably because they're British. Because if you do it in America, they'd drop that, wouldn't they? Well, not while I was there, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that sounds nice, yeah. Okay, well, it's called Session Singer Online. I quite like the speed they worked at, and they gave me all the mix outs I could possibly want, including the clean vocals. So, Session Singer Online, if you want to try it. And if you think you recognise the voice, um, then that's the voice of a lady called Sharon Wolf, who had a number one hit in 2004 with a song called. Anybody? Sweet, Sweet Like, like Chocolate. chocolate. You remember it, Steve? I do. Kiss played it. (laughs) (laughs) Memories of manumission in Ibiza, 2004. (laughs) I'm saying nothing. I was was on Radio 2 that year, so they certainly didn't play it. That's my excuse. I looked it up on Spotify, and it's uh, it's very catchy. um, But we won't play it, because we don't have the rights. Next time on the Earshot Creative Review. Next time, a festive party feel to the podcast, as we invite back some of our favourite guests from the last year to have a drink and play some great audio. I do like a festive feel. And in January, your chance to win a voice session with artists from our sponsor, Hobson's Product Placement. That should be reliable by then. <laughs> <laughs> thanks to Chris and to Steve. Thanks to WizFX for keeping art imaging fresh. And thanks to you for being within Earshot. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Links and details of how you can be part of the Earshot Creative Review. Find us at earshotcreative.com.